0: Welcome to Preheated, kitchen wisdom and friendly chat from two friends who love to bake. I'm Andrea Ballard in Olympia, Washington. And I'm Stefan Cohn in London. Every week, we celebrate the successes, failures, learning, and laughs that go hand-in-hand with Baking for Those We Love. In today's show, we continue our bonbons and bars theme with some delicious gingerbread cookie bars. We'll also review our homemade English toffee from last week and talk about some gifts we've received over the years that have made it into our essential kitchen arsenal of tools. So pour yourself some coffee and get ready for some sweet talk.
1: Andrea, I wanted to give you an update on International Night, which I mentioned back in episode 54 or 55. Uh, We had International Night at my daughter's school, and you were very helpful when I was planning for that. That's right. You were going to bake an apple slab pie, so I can't wait to hear about it. All right. So the details of my uh, entry into International Night first. Uh, (laughs) So I was having a hard time getting a quantity from our table coordinator, and I knew there would be about 300 people there and a lot of hungry teenagers, which in my mind drives up the quantity that you need. Uh, Yeah. Right. So I ended up making two slab pies, and loyal listeners will remember that my oven in England is smaller, and so a jelly roll style pan is about, I don't know, two inches overall shrunken from kind of what you would think of as your standard jelly roll pan in the U.S. Okay. 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 So I made two of those, and we had discussed if I was going to do a full-on pastry crust on top or a crumble crust or a lattice. And I found a great resource in a food and wine article for a pear cranberry slab pie, and Mm. it had a full top crust. So I felt confident following those directions. And you know, what I ended up doing, it, it was more like a bar like I was making a bar so when I make an apple pie in a pie tin I like to have the apples like heaping so that it's like Uh this mounded pastry when I'm done so I I had to not do that I I made it more of a single layer of apple then the top crust they were really beautiful I was so pleased Andrea I used a combination of uh, royal gala apples And Braeburn apples, which are both two that are available in the U.S. as well as here in the U.K. And then I also used this very famous Bramley apple cooking apple, which is the U.K.'s most famous baking apple. So I had that too. It's very sharp. It's a very sharp, um, sour kind of taste almost.
0: I remember seeing that
1: one in Borough Market, but I didn't get to try it. That's right. Yes, they're very they're very um, knobbly and not very pretty, but they have an amazing, amazing apple taste. So I made two of those, and there was also some question about how I might transport them to my daughter's school, which is about six miles away from us. Not not horribly far, but um, hard when you don't have a car. So happy to report, they made it there on the tube and (laughs) good. Took them in a large bag, and fortunately, it wasn't too crowded, so they got their own seat that night. Um. And so it was great, Andrea. We had such a wonderful time. So at the USA table, we served chili, mac and cheese, hot dogs, Coors Light, brownies, apple pie, and m ms I think that was our offering.
0: I love that, but I'm so embarrassed by the Coors Light. I mean, it is appropriate, but were they horrified? <laughs> No,
1: it was hilarious. People were flocking to the table for the Coors Light. And it was those I Coors lights. It. I'm not, I don't drink too much beer, but they have um it was the bottles, and they have like a little mountain that turns blue when they're chilled. And so right. everyone it was it was pretty hysterical. So um and Andrea, I have never had so much good food. It was such a fun night. So we have about 60 nationalities at uh, our school. But there was probably 20 tables, 25 tables maybe. Oh, okay. I had food from Kazakhstan, Siberia, uh, Serbia, Greece, Holland, uh, Brazil, Australia, Japan, China, India, uh, Canada. Oh, my gosh it was incredible and I can hardly begin oh the Israeli table had these j- jelly donuts the British table was giving out gin and
0: tonics it was <laughs> so much fun I was gonna I was gonna ask you was there any? One thing that you tried that you had, you know, never heard of or, or maybe never seen in a particular combination. Absolutely. So my
1: number one favorite, and let me just say again, I I had incredible food. Everything was delicious. My number one favorite thing was from the Brazilian table, and my my friend Héloísa was working, and she served me a chocolate called a brigadeiro. That's a Portuguese word for brigadier, and I don't know the history of why this candy is called that but it is okay. a chocolate fudge ball made with condensed milk butter and cocoa powder so it's like a version of a truffle but it was unlike any truffle I have ever oh. had I almost fell to my knees it was so delicious <laughs> okay we need that recipe <laughs> we do a brigadeiro and it was insanely, insanely good. It was so smooth. It was so intensely chocolatey. And this is apparently the kind of national, beloved candy of Brazil. So wow. that was that was so delicious. But just yeah. overall, it was so much fun. And it was just so great. You know, food is such a connector. You and I talk about that all the time. It was such a wonderful right. way to know people and just talk about you know, I hadn't eaten half of half of these things before. So you chat with the people working. What is this? When do you eat this? Is this something you enjoy? You know, it was, it was so fun. And then just a the last word on my apple pie. I was serving it up, and um, a father from the Chinese table came over, and he said, "Is that what I think it is? Apple pie?" And I said, "It is." And he said, "My favorite." And I said, oh, it's homemade and homemade apple pie. He was just, he was so excited.
0: Oh, (laughs) I love it.
1: He said, I said, here, take two. He said, okay, I'll I'll bring one to my wife. I said, whatever you need to tell me, you can take two. You can give it to your wife. You can. And then (laughs) as we were leaving, we had cleaned up and we were leaving a a little bit later on and he ran up to me and he caught me and he said, that is the best apple pie I've ever had. And you're right. I ate my wife's piece. So, (laughs) (laughs) oh. I, know. I love it. I, I love it. Yes, it was it was such a fun evening, and um, it was it was just really really heartwarming and delicious.
0: I did want to ask you on your slab pie. Um, when I've made it in the past, I wasn't using a recipe that was specifically for slab pie. I was just using my regular recipe, and I think I just doubled it to get the correct crust amount. How did you how did yeah. you figure out how much crust you needed for those jelly roll pans?
1: I used the crust recipe from our Amish apple dumplings back in October. Was right. that when we did that? I yeah. don't have the episode number off the top of my head. That makes, I would say, about a pie and a half worth of crust. Okay. So okay. it's more generous than, say, a nine-inch pie pan. Okay. But it's not two pies worth. Okay. All right. I want, yeah, I wondered about that. Yep. I think, I think it starts with three cups of flour, Okay, and so that can kind of give you an idea of, of the quantity there. Yeah. So, And that was just enough. I had like just a few scraps left over, but nothing, you know, I didn't feel like I was wasting, so.
0: Well, and I think if anyone wanted to try this at home, they could double their traditional pie crust recipe, and then if they had leftovers, you can make those fun little tasties, you know, in the oven where you just take your pie crust and sprinkle it with sugar and cinnamon and bake those up and call it a day. I hope everyone does that with their extra scraps. Me That's one too. of my very favorite things about making a pie, right? <laughs> Me too. Um, well, something less adventurous and more classic, I am curious if there is a traditional. Christmas or holiday dessert that you have seen and wondered about but perhaps never tasted or never made? And I am asking because I've run across one this year and I've been thinking about it. You know,
1: the one that comes to mind immediately, and I'm not sure I classify this as a Christmas dessert, but it's definitely a very special celebration dessert, and that's a baked Alaska. I have never eaten one of those. Oh. I've, and so that's the, if I think, if I'm thinking of the right dessert, that's ice cream topped with meringue,
0: right? Is that what a baked Alaska is? I think you're right. And I that one would also, that's not the one I'm I've thinking never of, had but it. that would also be true for me. I've never had it, and I've never yep. made it. And
1: I like ice cream, and I love meringue, so I guess, I don't know, maybe it's kind of old-fashioned, you just don't see it very much anymore, but that's the one that comes to my mind. What um What's yours, though? Mine is the Yule Log. And
0: I, oh, was, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. was thinking about it. And I think uh, it, it might also be called the bouche de Noël, you know, if you're doing the bouche French. And um, I see it in Christmas movies. And every year when I see it in Christmas movies, I think to myself, oh, I should try one of those. And I never have, maybe because it is a cake and it's a rolled cake. So that kind of frightens me, the idea of taking a cake and rolling it. Um, I just can see myself not <laughs> being terribly successful at that. But I think I'm going to put it on my list. For next year, maybe I'll, I'll I'll work on my cake skills a little bit more, and then move on into doing it.
1: I mean, I think the the thing about that is it's a lot of decorating skill too, right? That's what kind of turns it into the the log looking thing. Oh gosh! But so are you saying that inside is
0: just the jelly roll? Yeah, I didn't even think about the decorating part. You're right. No, I, I well, I've seen pictures of it, and of course, it does look like a log. Um, so that would be tricky. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, mm. But. I, the inside, you know, when there's a picture of it cut, it's, it's like a, like a sheet cake that's been frosted and then rolled.
1: Yeah. Is there, yeah. is there, right. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a jelly roll. Um, Yeah. I haven't had that either. And is it just, I wonder if it's kind of any cake you want. Can you make it like chocolate jelly roll, chocolate yule log, vanilla yule log? I really uh, want you to try this. So. Okay.
0: We'll have to <laughs> yes. put this on our list for next year. I've only ever seen chocolate cake with chocolate frosting okay. because but I believe okay. that's because you're trying to get the full log effect with <laughs> the so. full wood yes yes <laughs> yes
1: what's that called when you uh, fool the eye Trump Trump that's another French word tromple, you I, know what I, mean? I,
0: I know how it's spelled I don't know how to say yeah, it yeah like, yeah yeah mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that okay yeah. well
1: mm-hmm. resolutions are coming up next yeah. month so perhaps you can revisit this topic there we go we'll work on that one nice Well, we are going to move over to the review of our homemade English toffee that we introduced last episode in episode 55, and the theme of this month is bars and bonbons, so we are alternating between bar cookies and bonbons, or homemade candy. This was a homemade candy week, so we tried an English toffee from a mutual friend, uh, Jeannie, a longtime friend of Andrea and mine both. Her mother actually uh, came up with this recipe, and Jeannie was kind enough to share it with us. This was my first time making toffee. As listeners may remember, I had a really disastrous experience with a caramel sauce a few episodes ago, so I was feeling a little bit nervous, but I am proud to say this was a huge hit, and it was so delicious. It was so easy, and I am a little bit sorry I now have the the cold hard recipe in front of me because it was divine. Um, uh, We had talked, Andrea, last episode when we introduced this recipe about the need for a few extra implements. And one of those was a nut chopper, uh, which is kind of a one-off gadget that you put the nut in and then it it finally, finally chops it. I was happy with my knife skills here. I did not have a nut chopper and I just took really – Great attention and care with a very sharp knife. And I thought my nuts were really finely chopped. So I think you can do it without that nut chopper if you want to go that way. I agree. Okay. Um, I also didn't have the flat whisk, but I used my flat wooden spatula and it came through for me once again. Okay. So that worked Good. great. But you do want to use an implement where you can really thoroughly scrape the bottom of your pan. Yeah. And I'm trying to think what else. I think I made this in about 15 minutes. Yes. Literally. It was so fast. I used Cadbury's giant milk chocolate buttons because Hershey's bars are a little more rare here. And I used about half a pack of those for anyone um, listening in the UK that might be using those. They're also just a milk chocolate that worked great. Uh, You know, what can I say? I put it in the fridge, cooled it for about two hours later, broke it into chunks. And my daughter's review, you should sell these, mom. So I think it will be making them again.
0: How did it go for you? I had equal success. Um, As you know, I am often baking my recipes at the last minute. In fact, sometimes I'm I'm trying them so I can review them as you're giving the intro on the show. So um, (laughs) first of all, I would like to pat myself on the back for the fact that not only did I make this in advance, I have made it twice because as you said, it's so easy. It's so good. And uh, the other part of it that's huge to me is it only has five ingredients and one of those is water. Yeah. So I'm guessing yeah. you're going to have these ingredients in your house. Um, you know, it's a half a cup of pecans, finely chopped, a half a cup of butter that you melt, a half a cup Uh, plus one tablespoon of sugar that turns into your toffee you throw in two tablespoons of water and then um, when it's all done you throw the milk chocolate bars on top now Jeannie's mother's recipe does specify the Hershey milk chocolate bars I didn't have those in the house but what I did have were milk chocolate chips okay so on my first round of baking I used a knife to cut my nuts and I agree with you I thought I did a pretty good job um, chopping them finely enough so I I was satisfied with that. Right. Um, I made the toffee. I used my flat whisk. That all worked out really well. I poured those on top. Poured the melted toffee on top of the nuts, and then I sprinkled the chocolate chips on top. And then they didn't melt. Okay. And I thought about it later, and I think it's because you know chocolate chips are made to hold their shape. Yeah. To not um, melt. They, yeah. Right. Right. They have, you know, wax or whatever it is in them to help them do that. So um, what I did was I actually took like a flat spatula and sort of smashed them down and tried to move them around a little bit. Um, And I I had some success, not great success, but uh, it still turned out really, really well. And you know that when you cut the toffee up, the chocolate is the bottom of the toffee so if it's not perfect it doesn't matter people aren't really going to see that um, when you think about that but I did decide to make it again and use the Hershey bars and so when I did it a second time I used the Hershey bars and that um, melted really nice Uh, I sprinkled the cut up Hershey bars on top I waited maybe 30 seconds to a minute and then used that spatula and the it just spread like butter yeah it was Mm -hmm. just perfect yes um I did have one challenge here, and uh, I'm not really sure. I don't know. Maybe it's not a problem. Um, I had trouble getting chunks. I ended up with a lot of what I would call shatter or dust. Now, the reason it wasn't a problem is because, A, um, I just ate it, yeah. and, and B, I saved some, which I'm going to throw into some ice cream as a mix-in. Yep. So. I mean, it doesn't go to waste. But if you're thinking about, you know, gifting this to people, of course, you know, you don't want to give someone something that just has a ton of the shatter or the dust in it. Mm-hmm. So I was curious about your experience when you were break, breaking it into chunks. Did you chill it for a couple hours and then break it? Did you have a lot of that dust or crumble?
1: I didn't. I think I my notes say that I chilled it for about two hours before I broke it into the chunks. And that was in the fridge. Okay. Okay. Um, I didn't the one I guess I did have some nuts that didn't adhere not a lot but I did have some and there just wasn't like anything for them to stick to they was like so thoroughly coated that that there was nothing left to stick to but as far as those little pieces or those kind of shards as you say I didn't have that problem yeah. so okay
0: yeah well you know both times I chilled mine overnight so oh, I think next seems... time I make it I I will um maybe not as long chill then. It just for the two hours yeah. yeah I'll see if that makes a difference um I also did go and and search the internet to see if other people were having this problem and one thing that was recommended that I thought was kind of a neat hack uh, a lady said she used the um I think they're called brownie perfect pans so they're mm. for the people who like the crusty edge of the brownies and it basically it almost looks like a brownie pan with an ice cube tray insert yes I've seen this it's extra edge pieces yes Yes. exactly so she wrote I know these things are really cheesy but I use the brownie perfect pans for my toffee because that way you get 16 perfect pieces, all perfectly scored you know it turns out really nice so if you are giving them as gifts and you have a brownie perfect pan lying around (laughs) (laughs) then then perfect. A great thing to use. Um, The other thing I found when I was popping around the internet reading about toffee troubles, it's a surprising number of articles, by the way, (laughs) um, which made me really appreciate how easy ours was, is that um, a lot of people feel like milk chocolate is not a good complement to the toffee because the toffee is already so sweet, and so dark chocolate is a, a better. And I love dark chocolate anyway. So I think next time I might try making it with dark chocolate. Um They also you know swap the nuts out for different types of nuts, so you know instead of pecans and milk chocolate, feel free to make it with almonds and dark chocolate or Modify accordingly. Yeah. And my my family as well just uh, raved yep. about these. I mean, they were like, take this away from us yep. because we will eat the whole thing. Yep. I
1: mean, it makes a fairly small pan's worth. And then how many pieces you get kind of depends on how many chunks you break it into. And it was gone by the end of that day. I mean, it, there was none left. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I had the thought, too, about swapping out the nuts. Um, I like pecans, but I like a lot of other nuts. So I think it'd be fun to experiment. I just really think... Andrea, that, you know, if you did, like, our happy people fudge from last December and this homemade toffee, you would have such a nice candy assortment that would in total take you about 40 minutes, I think. I I can't stress enough that this toffee was so fast. I don't, I, and that was the most unexpected thing. I was
0: thinking it would be a more involved process than it was, and that was such a pleasant surprise. Yeah, me too, and, you know, I, I, I kind of started going down a little bit of a rabbit hole when I was looking for how to solve this cracking problem or the shatter problem, and I realized I was confusing toffee and brittle.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, brittles are more of a candy, and they are more like syrup and water, and they don't use butter, Uh, whereas toffee has the butter in it, which gives it more of that rich taste. And a lot of toffee recipes that I was looking at did use a candy thermometer and say cook to this you know, certain temperature. Um, Jeannie's mom's recipe I just love because it's like bring to a boil, stir for five minutes till it's brown, you know. Yep. Uh, And I will post a picture of her mother's recipe actually on the uh, handwritten card because I just think it's so beautiful. And I would like to make a preheated prediction. We won't know whether or not it's going to be accurate for another 20 or 30 years, but I want to get it down now. Um, You know how these days people – Take classes in things like canning or knitting or making your own sauerkraut, you know, and all of these sort of lost skills that our grandmothers had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am predicting in 30 to 40 years, we're going to have generations of people taking cursive writing classes. I was just going to say. Yep. <laughs> you know, and it'll be like this week I'm focusing on the Palmer method or. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. And, you know, it's funny because when I do things like, like you know, canning or or making sauerkraut and I ask my mom, you know, did you ever do this? And, you know, I'll get comments from her like, well, yeah, but then so-and-so came along and it was so much easier. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so much easier to buy a can of green beans than it is to can your own green beans. And I, you know, when you hear that, you're always like, oh, yeah, but, you know, why would you do it? Why would you let this thing go by the wayside? But then when I was looking at Jeannie's mom's recipe, I thought, I don't ever write in cursive anymore. Ever. I I do send letters, but if I do, I print or I do them on the computer, you know? So it's one of those things I could see someone saying to me in 40 or 50 years, you know, why didn't you keep writing in cursive? And it's like, oh, because other things were easier. (laughs) Yeah, my
1: son is actually learning cursive this year. And at one point, he just turned to me. He's like, why, why? You don't right. write in cursive, you know. He said you kind of have your own. It's like kind of cursive, kind of printing, you know. Isn't that yes. just your style? Well, I can't, I can't deny that. Yes, it is, you know. And no. um, but then you see something like this, and it's just so beautiful. And I think you're right. I know. So we've kind of made a little uh, preheated time capsule. Who only knows? Who only we knows have. how thirty or forty years we'll be accessing this podcast? But we did make. Yes, the prediction <laughs> holds right now. 2017.
0: So. <laughs> There, there it goes. Uh, our next recipe up in our bake-along is gingerbread cookie bars. And so we are we thought toffee was going to be really hard, so we wanted to follow up with another bar cookie, which we tend to think of as a bit easier. As it turns out, the toffee was not as hard as we expected. So um, these gingerbread cookie bars are going to be delicious, uh, but you might not need them just for a break. I just recommend them for fun. They come from a food blog called The Laughing spatula which I just love the name of that I think it's so much fun yeah and um, I think just the name of these gingerbread cookie bars says holiday to me so I am super excited about making them and
1: Andrea last December when we uh, had a holiday cookie swap challenge I made your favorite holiday cookie and you made my favorite holiday cookie and you gave me the challenge of a chewy molasses cookie and that's that's also what I think here this is a really spicy molasses-y cookie Those are huge in my family. This makes a 9 by 13 inch pan full of them with cream cheese frosting. I mean, come on. That sounds great. So I'm really looking forward to this
0: one. Yeah, we will post a link to the gingerbread cookie bars recipe on our website, preheatedpodcast.com, and uh, on our Pinterest and Facebook pages as well. So listeners, we hope you will bake along with us. Up next, we are going to talk about some memorable kitchen gifts that we have received over the years. And I'd like to start out with an apology. If someone has given me something and I don't mention it, Uh, I have (laughs) someone who's listening. (laughs) I know I have family and friends who listen. Um, I don't have enough time to list everything here. That is a wonderful gift that I use. So I just wanted to throw out some highlights. Um, My number one, my stalwart, my... Thing that I couldn't live without is my KitchenAid mixer. Yep, that came from um, Donna Weaver. She gave me this as a wedding present, and I I don't know if I've told this story before, but the funniest thing about that KitchenAid mixer to me is, for the first mm, three or four years that I was using it, I didn't realize it had a clip on the back. When you put when you seat the bowl on it, you know, you put the two prongs on the side in but then you also there's a little kind of you push it down so it's firmly latched to the bowl so every time I used it it just made this horrible racket um so I thought it was oh, no. I was like gosh people rave about these KitchenAids but they're so loud and wobbly <laughs> and I think it was my sister-in-law that was at my house that was like well, you didn't clip it in and I was like what and she showed me <laughs> and I was like ah! <laughs> So do you, do you have – this sounds a little
1: different than mine. Mine has the tilt back. Does yours lift up? No. Mine
0: lifts up and down.
1: Yeah. Up and
0: down. Okay. So yep. I think
1: yours is like the industrial model and I
0: have the yes. – I don't know what other one. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Mine so. is the professional model. I think it's the six quart. So – Okay. So a little extra Thank step you. there. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Donna Weaver. I use that for all sorts of cookies, cakes, breads, um, whipped cream. I mean, it's coming out all the time. Second thing is my Cuisinart food processor. And I am mentioning brand names here. So um, on my mixer, it's KitchenAid. On my food processor, it's Cuisinart. Yep. And never the two shall mix. Because I do think KitchenAid probably makes a food processor and Cuisinart probably makes a mixer. Yeah. But I, I'm very loyal to my mm-hmm. brands on these two items. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, Dolores gave me that, and uh, one of the reasons I love it, and I know I've mentioned this, is when I go to buy replacement parts for it, like a new blade, I spoke to the Cuisinart representative, and she made the comment to me that you know, this uh, should last me another 20 or 30 years. Like, they are built to last a lifetime. And I think that is rare these days. So I really love it. I use that for everything from chopping, you know, onions, celery, carrots for kind of your classic Mirapois or trinity as we call it down in new orleans for lots of cooking um for baking i use it for a pizza dough um i use it for yeast rolls that that sort of thing um chopping nuts i actually used the food processor for round two of my toffee oh yeah because i just i just wanted to see like if i thought it did a better job than i did with my knife skills so i'm using that all the time um Another little thing I have that I love and use all the time, Jeannie, speaking of Jeannie, listener Jeannie, gave me these years ago. They are measuring spoons, um, and they have double sides on them. So, for example, the tablespoon has two scoops, one on the left and one on the right. The one on the left is your traditional tablespoon um, circular scoop. The one on the right is an oval, and so it will go into spice bottles. Well, it's just so brilliant,
1: too, because how many times are you making a recipe and you need... You know, a teaspoon of baking soda followed directly by a teaspoon of vanilla, or and then you put yes. the vanilla in first, yes. and so then it's wet, and you have to go like rinse it out and dry it, and then it still is a little damp, so it gets like you know that's it's just
0: great to have two yes. right there of the same size, perfect. Yeah, I love this, that. I just think this thing is genius. Um, I love my deep dish pie pan. This came from my sister-in-law Mimi. It is um, so handy and it's so beautiful. It's one of those things that you can leave out on your counter, and of course, then when you have a pie in it it's all all the prettier and so that's a really um fun one that obviously I use all the time and then the last thing this isn't really a this isn't a gadget but it's a fun kitchen gift and something i always forget to buy for myself and that is new kitchen towels or dish towels so my mother-in-law rosemary is great about sending me these and it's so much fun um you know to open a package and have some fresh kitchen towels and a lot of times they'll be seasonal you know valentine's day or fall baking or something like that and i just uh, when I get those, I always go to the basket where I keep my old kitchen towels and I pull out some of the old ones that are just really bad looking and move move them along into the rag bin and start out with the fresh ones. Yeah. How about you? How about you? Do you have some fun kitchen gifts that you love? I do well. You've given me
1: like two of them, so I have to say thank <laughs> you to you. You gave me my most favorite rolling pin, which is a tapered oh. French rolling pin for all yes. of our pastry. And um, we are going to do little teaser alert. We are going to do another pie school month in February, so we'll be talking more about gadgets. But um, yes, this this is really perfect. It's wooden. It's just so simple and beautiful, and it it it's like the perfect the perfect rolling pin um ah, let's see you also the tasting spoon which you talked about in episode oh. 45 which is again just so simple and just perfect what you need for just that little taste of soup or stew or whatever you happen to be making
0: a great stocking stuffer stuffer gift by the way absolutely yeah
1: I think the gift that I probably use the most right now is my food scale and my husband got that food scale for me uh last Christmas and it has come in so, I mean, it's invaluable to me here because I am translating a lot of recipes. And so I have to go from ounces to grams or milliliters. And this food scale, I think it's readily available on Amazon or at, you know, Bed Bath & Beyond. And it allows you to toggle between those different weights. And that has been I mean, it's been a lifesaver. I use it all the time. I'm really trying to move toward more of weights than measurements in baking, and I think that's a more accurate way to do it, and it's it's um, it's really kind of revolutionized how I cook and bake. So I love that. Love that food scale.
0: Yeah. I um, have really found that to be an invaluable tool as well as we've been cooking more from your recipes from London and using more of the, the grams yep. and the ounces instead of the cups and the teaspoons. Yep. And I'm getting kind of addicted to it because mm-hmm. it saves on cleanup. It does. I, I absolutely. Ab- I, d- I don't have, you know, 18 different cup measures when I'm done. So yeah, I'm loving the food scale.
1: And then my last one isn't really a gadget, but I love my cookie jars. I have two cookie jars. I have a vintage cookie jar from an antique store up in Snohomish, Washington. It is in the shape of a strawberry, and it's just so cheerful and lovely. And I got it for an anniversary present, and um, it just always makes me smile. And then right now, I swap out the strawberry during Christmas time because I have a very jolly Santa cookie jar that the kids got me for my birthday a few years ago. And I love that too. So... um, the cookie jar is kind of an old-fashioned thing I love having a full cookie jar it just it just makes me so happy when the cookie jar is full so those are those are readily available i I encourage you if you are a person who enjoys antiquing or things like that you can always find really cool and and uh, unique ones there but they're still manufacturing
0: brand new ones now so yeah well and one of my favorite memories of visiting your house one day I was at your house when your son came home from school and he Um, came into the kitchen and asked you if he could have a cookie, and you said yes. And I just, when I, I didn't know you had a cookie jar or used it, and he walked over to the cookie jar and popped the lid off and got himself, like, one, maybe two cookies. I can't remember. (laughs) Probably two. (laughs) I just, I just thought it was such a cute moment, you know, that you actually had cookies in the cookie jar. I I was like, wow, I'm so impressed. I do.
1: It never feels uh, like it's there taunting me either. It's just always, you know, when it's not full, it's not. And um, and you go from there. But yeah, I love having that. So um yeah. yeah so you know and the thing that I need if Santa's listening I thought of another really low-tech gadget I I need I would like a pastry cutter Santa because I am doing a a pastry crust um so listeners you know that when I plug in my Cuisinart my KitchenAid I have to use this uh, voltage adapter and it's kind of this <laughs> big thing and it's it's been great but it's this other bulky appliance I have to use um for those and so i've gone back to making pastry with a pastry cutter because i don't have to plug anything in so i need a new one of those santa claus okay Mm -hmm. well yep
0: let's hope that Mm -hmm. santa is listening all the way to the end of the episode
1: (laughs) well the timer's buzzed and we've got to get to the dishes next week we're reviewing our gingerbread cookie bars and going back to candy making with apple cider caramels A perfect holiday hostess gift or something to snack on during a cold, snowy winter day. Remember, you can find us and our featured recipes on our website, preheatedpodcast.com, on Facebook and Pinterest, and download us on both Google and Apple Podcasts, where we'd love it if you subscribed to the show and gave us a five-star review, both of which will help other people find us. So until next time, thanks for listening and sweet dreams. It is written, performed, and edited by Andrea Ballard and Stephen Cohn in association with 24th Floor Productions.